stop. This is First Past the Post. Tales of the First Five. Brought to you by... Ashia Agarwal. Navya Singh. Yashita Chinduru. Shreya Singh. And Sahani Pichara. Put on your powdered wigs. And listen in. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of First Past the Post, Tales of the First Five. We'll be doing a panel session with your host, Shreya Singh. Hopefully, it doesn't turn into a violent argument again. We'll be right back with introductions for our guests after a short break. What are you saying? Are you kidding me? We still haven't gotten a sponsor for commercials? Sorry for the inconvenience, listeners. Let's introduce our guest for the day. James Madison, sir, would you like to start? Well, I am the guest of honor today. Manners, please. Whatever. I was the main writer of the Constitution. Then, after serving on Thomas Jefferson's cabinet, I was elected to be the fourth president of the United States in 1808. My first term was pretty calm. Of course, until my second term. Interesting. Mr. Henry Clay, why don't you go next? Well, I was a Kentucky-born American male fighting for what's right and good for our country. The other Warhawks and I knew we needed the War of 1812, and we fought for it. Mm, Nice to know. Uh, John Quincy Adams, you're next. So, I am the amazing son of John Adams, and I helped get the- Uh, thanks, but we're going to talk about the Treaty of Ghent later, so don't give it all away just yet. And now, our former First Lady, Dolly Madison. I'm the wife of my honey bunch munchkin, and James Madison. It is I, Federalist Dude Number One, an important delegate that went to the Hartford Convention. Call me Dude. Cool, dude. Okay, now let's get down to business. To defeat the Huns. What are you yakking on about? Moving on from your uncultured minds, we shall begin our panel with the Native American conflict. President Madison, your thoughts? Well, I did not want to go to war with anyone at the time as to follow President Washington's precedent of keeping our noses out of foreign conflict, especially with those cumbersome Europeans. Hmm, that's some good reasoning there. Mr. Clay, would you like to... You bet your sweet bibby I do. Mass and sir, he neglected to mention what the natives are fixing to. Those no-good tree-drinking Brits were arming the natives with weapons and encouraging them to attack settlements by the western frontier. Well, you're right. That was one of the reasons that we went to the War of 1812. Yep, I'm right. I'm always Shut up, Henry. The war also led to a lot of casualties, like the burning of Washington, D.C. Well, if I can recall correctly, there was quite a bit of a problem in Washington, D.C. Can you please tell us what happened that night, Mr. Madison? I'll tell you what happened. Shut up, Henry. Basically, the British landed in Chesapeake Bay, only 30 miles from the capital. We met the British in Bladensburg, Maryland, but we couldn't stop them. Our forces were tiny and poorly equipped, and the volunteer soldiers that we recruited so weren't trained that well. how did handle this problem? Well, in the end, the well-trained and experienced British redcoats demolished our army and went right to the capital. That is to pretty interesting, Mr. Madison, but... What I really want to know is about you, Mrs. Madison. How did you feel when you heard that the British were heading your way? 
Quite honestly, I was worried about my hubby's safety, but the fighting came too close, so I left the White House. I needed to leave a note for my sister, so I quickly scribbled something. Then I grabbed the painting of our beloved GW, some important papers of my darling, and hurried right on out of there. Lucky for you, you had already fled from the White House by the time the British burned it. Right, I was so blessed, especially after I learned that they had burned multiple buildings, not just the White House. At least the patriotic citizens held their own when the British attacked Fort McHenry at the same time. Yes, they really did. I wanted to ask you about that, Mr. Madison. What was your reaction when you heard the news that we won at Fort McHenry? Well, Freya, I was really quite proud. As Francis Scott Key stated in his beautiful poem, The Star-Spangled Banner, those broad stripes and bright stars were wow. so All gallantly streaming. Wow, all that destruction wouldn't have even happened if the war didn't take place. The other delegates and I discussed this at the Hartford Convention. Ah, yes. Um, remind me about that again? Oh, you haven't heard about the Hartford Convention? It was when me and some other representatives from the New England states met in Hartford, Connecticut, to discuss why the war was not worth it. Shut up, Henry. Continue, dude, sir. We did not like the Warhawks idea. We hated it so much that we literally threatened to cancel the state of war in our states. A couple other brave delegates and I even threatened to leave the Union. You call that brave, you high cotton living turkey? You're fixing to get beat up, you boneless George Bush pansy brain. Well, guess what? Your convention was as useful as a bicycle with flat tires. Because before you figured out what to do, the peace treaty was already signed with those folks over yonder. Yeah, it was all meaningless. Because we threatened to leave the Union, the Federalist Party was weakened. <laughs> hey, be well, I Henry. do declare. Oh, dear. They're there. But hey, it's all good now, right? <laughs> okay, let's just stop talking about this. And for the last, but certainly not the least, the Treaty of Ghent. Now that's something I'm willing to talk yes, about. Yes, my time to shine. John Adams, my dad, would be so proud if he saw me here today. I'm right here, you know. Oh, daddy issues. <clears throat> Can you please sum up the treaty as you did when you were there to sign it, dear Quincy? So, as I said in 1814, nothing was adjusted, nothing was settled. Well said. Wait, is that literally it? I'm not sure I quite understood what you said there. Mr. Madison, care to explain? Of course. The treaty basically stated that everything between us and Britain would go back to how it was before the War of 1812 started. This treaty ended the war, and I finally got to catch up on sleep. It didn't say much about impressment and all, but those problems faded out after the war's closure. So the war ends peacefully. Hooray! Yeah, the war officially ended on December 24th, 1814, when the treaty was signed. An amazing Christmas present. Hmm, nothing like today's gifts, but still amazing indeed. Before ending here today, I want to thank you listeners for bearing with us through each episode, and I'd like to thank you all guests for being here. You are most welcome. Shut up, Shut Henry. up, Shut up Henry. Henry. Shut up, Henry. I suggest we kick Henry Clay out of the studio. I reckon you get on out of here before they really kick you out, Henry. Oh my gosh, I think Henry's rubbing off on me. And I thought I was respected. Henry, Henry, get out. out. Henry, get out. While we figure this out. Bye. Bye. Bye.
hosted by Ashi Agarwal, Navi Singh, Yashita Chunduru, Shreya Singh, and Sahana Pichera. Directed by Mrs. Margaret Ann Tucker. Product Administrator, Ashi Agarwal. Content Editor, Shreya Singh. Sound Editor, Yashita Chunduru. Visual Editor and Financial Assistant, Navi Singh. Source Verification by Sahana Pichera. Sound effects and music provided by the Anchor app features and Spotify. Information provided by various sources linked in the description or something, I don't know. You better not steal our content or I'll sue you and we'll contact the Jatari to abduct your cows. If we say anything offensive in this podcast, pretend we didn't say it, we don't want to get cancelled. No animals, plants, people, or not Pringles were harmed during the creation of this podcast. Except maybe our assistants and guests and the crew. Wow, you've stayed until the end of the credits. Well, we don't have a post credit scene like Marvel, so... Go away now.